it's AJ Puckett. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. They come from all corners of the world, and they descend on towns everywhere. Burlington, North Carolina, Idaho Falls, Idaho, Lexington, Kentucky, Wilmington, Delaware, Springdale, Arkansas, Papillion, Nebraska, and Kansas City, Missouri. What do all these men have in common? They work together to win. It's time to talk to another Royal on Clubhouse Conversation. And what an exciting chat we have for you on this Sunday, September 4th of 2016. It's Dave glad you're along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. This is the place where we catch up with all your favorite current Royals players during the season and former Royals players during the winter. Glad you are along. Make sure you bookmark us, clubhouseconversation.com. You can subscribe on iTunes to get all of our interviews downloaded directly into your iTunes the Twitter is at Royals Clubhouse, and the Facebook is Clubhouse Conversation. Would appreciate a follow from you and you staying in touch. And thanks for listening today. Now, I'm stoked because we have Kansas City's first selection from this summer's June Amateur Draft joining us on Clubhouse Conversation by phone from Hickory, North Carolina, A.J. Puckett, a guy that you have no doubt heard a lot about, has finished off a very good initial season of summer pro ball last night, actually, against the Crawdads with a victory. And a guy with that, where do we even start with him? He's pitching with Lexington, by the way, the legends for Class A ball. But a guy who the Royals took out of Pepperdine. Let's talk about that first. Had a long 45 and two-third inning scoreless streak this season. That's the third longest in NCAA history for A.J. Puckett. Scoreless inning streak. Royals take him with their first selection, and it's a guy who has quite the story that I can't wait to hear about, uh, who went to the famed De La Salle High School out there, grew up in Danville, California. If De La Salle sounds familiar, it should. When the Game Stands Tall was a movie that came out recently. Maurice Jones-Drew went there. Lots of NFL players. Chris Carter, the Brewers, went there. Went there, played football and baseball. Has a severe incident happen to his head. That we're going to find out more about it. Was it an accident or was it a car accident or what happened exactly? Nobody seems to know. There's some, it's like Wikipedia out there on the internet these days. It's the Wild West. So we're going to get all the questions answered here on Clubhouse Conversation. What that was like going through. Puckett went through a coma for three days and, and came back from that stronger than ever. Was drafted out of high school by the Oakland A's. Chose to go to Pepperdine and, and study film. So of course we're going to talk about movies and we'll talk about his first year in Pro Bowl. So much to discuss with a very, very neat kid. A.J. Puckett joins us now on Clubhouse Conversation from Hickory, North Carolina. First of all, A.J., congratulations on a great season and you know, thanks for your time. And how's everything going with you? Uh, going well. Going well. How about yourself? It's great, man. And you finished off uh, the 2016 season, regular season for yourself last night with uh, a nice win there at Hickory. So, uh, you know, all in all, are you pleased with how this first summer of Pro Ball went? Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, great group of guys, great coaching staff, and you know, it, was, it, was, it was a good transition from college ball. So, and nothing but um, but a fun time this year with the guys, and I'm gonna miss it. So, but uh, it was a lot of fun. How weird is that going from college and and pitching and then right away to pro ball? Is it, does it seem like it was just yesterday you were pitching in college, or does it seem like it's been quite a while ago now? Uh, you kind of remember a little bit too. Um, I mean, I've couple guys on the team I actually faced against in college so we kind of have some good stories going back and forth about what we did against each other or what our teams did against each other so you kind of bring back some old memories but um, 
I mean, it's a lot different um, from pro ball playing every day, from college ball playing only four days a week, and you get a couple off days and practices in instead of in pro ball where you're playing every day. Um, but it's it's I mean, it's what a it's what I wanted to do when I when I grew up. So I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Well, give us a scouting report on you then. So what pitches do you throw, and then where do you sit and top out at with velocity? Um, I mean, I throw a four-seam fastball, a two-seam fastball, uh, and a curveball and a changeup. As far as um, velocities go, I actually try not to know about that too much. Um, I remember in college I was, I was sitting around the low 90s, but, I mean, ever since then I, I kind of not try to focus on velocities and trying to focus on, uh, you know, trying to hit my spots with my catcher and just going after a game plan right there. Absolutely. Now, how about uh, you know going into next year in this off season? What facet of your game, or or what pitch in particular, are you working on the most? Um, I think I'm just gonna try and work on all of them. You know, take baby steps on them. I mean, I think I'll start off once I start throwing again. Um, after I take a little time off, I'll, I'll I'll work back with my fastball, make sure I get my fastball command. You know, hitting my spots, and then going back to my changeup, going back to my changeup, and um, you know, trying to make it look just like my fastball, which makes it so effective, and just kind of take it one step at a time with them. I think not trying to take like a drastic jump and trying to do too much on a certain pitch. I think I learned that in college. Um, you know, trying to make too big of steps at, at at times can can make you go backwards instead of forwards. So I think I just take baby steps at it. You know, work with um, work with my pitching coach um, or work with the pitching coaches in the in the world's organization. You know, in, in the off season and strength coaches to get stronger and faster so I think doing that will help me out for my game for next year man they've got to love how you simplify your approach and make it so focused that's great uh, we're talking to AJ Puckett right now so what do you have planned are you going back to Cali for the majority of the offseason spinning it in surprise what's going on um well I'll, I'll be going back to um to California um it'll be good to see the family um for a little bit and then I'll be going back to surprise Arizona for um, workout camps to get back in shape, um, but I'll be kind of going a little bit back and forth. It's kind of it's kind of nice being in um, in California. I'm, I'm within driving distance of Arizona, so I'll be able to see the family. Um, I got my mom visits Arizona quite often for work too, so it'll be, it'll be good to keep in touch with them in the off season. Okay, so is how far away is Surprise from Danville? Right, that's where you grew up. Yeah, Danville. It's um. It's Probably a little ways, maybe like eight hours or so. But I'll actually I'll be going back and forth between Northern and Southern California. I'll be working out back at um, Pepperdine University, so that's more of like a five-hour drive. So okay, it'll be a little bit closer, but I'll be going back and forth. Very nice. Well, you've got a fascinating background, and I want to hear all about it. So let's start by going back to your youth, I guess. So Danville, we talked about that. Is that pretty much where you always lived from the time you were a kid? Yeah, born and raised. Okay, born and raised. And now, were you? I'm assuming Oakland or Giants fan. Is that right? Growing up, I was a Oakland A's fan growing up. Yeah, I used to go to. Uh, we used to, we used to have season tickets um, at Odaco. We used to always watch. Um, I had season tickets right by the bullpen. Used to watch the big three warm up all the time. You know, Zeter, Mulder, and Hudson. Wow, that's great. I was yeah. watching the watching the game there last night. I love how they've got the the full football field. You can see what yard line you're on <laughs> there, which is <laughs> yeah. Here. They got some nice, good young players out there. Billy Bean, of course. But by the way, are you a Moneyball fan? I know you're a film major. We'll talk about that. Moneyball, one of your favorite movies, or not? Oh uh, yeah, I, I, it's up there. Um, I know I, re- I read the book as well, and it was is very intriguing. Um, I think it was just fascinating what he was able to do with the team that year, and 
as far in terms of finding the right kind of players for the right kind of money. And I think that is out there sometimes. You can find guys that you know have, aren't being paid that much or can be paid a little bit less that really just want to play the game and love the game. So um, I think that was just that was an awesome thing he did that year and I think kind of opened up some holes to other teams and kind of helped him out. Yeah, I hated seeing the Royals be on there though when they blew that big lead in that game when they had the winning streak going. <laughs> and also, I wish it would have you know been more about the big three, like you mentioned, more so than Hatterberg. But enjoyed the movie; it was really good. So anyway, uh, uh-huh, no, yeah. <laughs> so high school then. So you're a star on both the football and baseball fields at De La Salle High School. Now, speaking of movie, is that this? Is that the De La Salle High School from When the Game Stands Tall? Yes, it is. Is it really? Okay, that's what I thought. I've got a I got an old movie T-shirt of of it says De La Salle football on the front that I got from the movie company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think of that movie? First of all, oh, I thought it was well directed. I mean, it was. I, I mean, they could they couldn't have um, you know depicted the school in any other better way. You know, um, Coach Ladd, um, his his last year was my senior year, and it was just what he did with the program and and what he does for kids, along with Coach Edson. You know making kids into young men and, and teaching them about just not only about how to play football, just to be respectful young men, you know, in the classroom and off the field as well and in front of their peers. So um, I'm, very, I'm, I'm very happy and fortunate that I went to the to Dallas Island. I think it made me a better man, uh, helped, shape into, helped shape me into the way I am today. How cool is that? Yeah, I got to know Maurice Jones-Drew a little yeah. bit when I was in uh, in Jacksonville doing radio out there. So, you know, of awesome. course, he went there. The Barry kids went there. Chris Carter of the Milwaukee Brewers, who either walks, hits a home run, or strikes out every bat, went there. Charlie Coons, <laughs> whole bunch of NFL guys. Did you ever get to meet any of those famous alumni from uh, from there? Uh, unfortunately, I think I met Maurice Jones-Drew once, but other than that, I kind of, I was kind of a quiet kid in high school and kept my kept my nose under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably a good thing. You played quarterback and safety then through your sophomore season. Then uh, before the tragedy struck. Before we talk about that, obviously, you know, were, were you highly tattered enough on the football field? Where were you considering going to college to play football at that point? I know it was kind of early, or was baseball kind of always your number one? Um, I mean, growing up, I was. I mean, my dad always told me growing up as a kid, he always wanted me. to be me uh for me to be like Bo Jackson you know play professional <laughs> sport in both football and baseball and that's something I always wanted to do and something I always strive to do so um I mean it was always in my mind that I, I thought I could play football before baseball just because I was I was playing football I mean I wouldn't say a lot longer but just it's a very emotional game and you kind of get hooked on it real quick you know and there's nothing like throwing on some pads and going out and hitting somebody and in, in front of the lights so um I think at the time uh, I was I was more in love with football and that was one of the hard decisions to stop playing. But um, shoot, back in my sophomore year, I wasn't the very I wasn't the biggest kind of kids. I mean, I was kind of small back then, and I wasn't you could say highly regarded as maybe going out and playing Division One college football or something. Were you a drop back passer? I was <laughs> for for how small I was. I usually tried to drop back and just chuck it down the field. And, Find the fastest guy out there to go out and catch it. <laughs> there you go. Well, so like we talked about then, and people have heard about, you had a, a very serious car accident that put you into a coma. Obviously, now you know I don't know how much you remember about that day, or how much you went, you're, you're even comfortable talking about. But as far as the car accident goes, you know what happened, and what do you remember about that? Uh, it was it was actually not a car accident. It was actually it just happened inside of a car. This so many times the story's been. Um, uh, changed around um, <laughs> let's get it right between uh 
No, yeah, it's, it's, it was just between a teammate and I, and we were inside of a car. We were, we were heading our way into a beach, and just it was just one of those unfortunate things, kind of wrong spots at the wrong time. And um, there was like a bunch of us in the car. I think there were six of us. It was in an SUV. We were about head to the beach, and you know we were just you were kids in high school. We were screwing around. We were playing on our iPhones, and you know doing usual thing kids do. And we were pushing and shoving, and the next thing I know, I got um, I got clocked in the head. I wouldn't say. It was just one of those unfortunate things, and then uh, I got clocked in the head by one of my teammates' punches. I mean, I didn't even see it coming. So, um, just one of those unfortunate things, you know, wrong spot at the wrong time. And I mean, I felt fine after that shoot. I actually I went went to the beach afterwards. You know, went to the water, went body surfing, played some football on the beach, and then just uh, two days later it was one of those unfortunate things. I had to be taken to the hospital by my mother, and you know, just one of those tragic things that happened. Man, so were you? Was it two weeks they put you into a coma? Is that right? I was actually in the hospital for two weeks. I was in a medically induced coma for three days. Wow, wow. So yeah, what what was? I mean, did you know they were going to do that to you before they did that, or did you just wake up and it had it happened? I had no idea. I just woke up and it happened. <laughs> wow. Okay. So did they say no football then? You know, when you first got up, or did you just decide that at that point? Uh, I mean, at, at, at that right moment, I don't think that was really in our minds. Um, at, at that moment, we were just happy that I was just alive and being there, and then we worked from there, and it was probably one of the most grueling rehab processes I'll probably face in my life, um, just, you know, getting back towards my feet, you know, learn. I mean, since I was in a bed for two weeks, I had to relearn how to do everything again, to use my muscles again just because I hadn't moved in two weeks. Wow. So, um, you know, it was it was a fun but grueling rehab process you know running again i had to start watching my blood pressure you know making sure my blood pressure going to my brain wasn't too heavy so i had to wear a heart rate monitor whenever i worked out at first but um you know it was a it was a grueling three months but after that i was i was fully cleared and you know i was i was getting ready for football practice and we actually started meeting with the um head neurologist for the uh, oakland raiders he was the local one so you know we wanted to try and figure out if if I could play football, because it was such a kind of important thing in my life at that time. And, you know, he, he cleared me to play, but he just, I mean, he kind of left us with that that kind of thing where it kind of stunts you, where he's like, well, you're cleared to play, but do you really want to take that one chance of getting hit in the head the wrong way? And, you know, maybe this happens again, and maybe you don't have the same luck as you did this time. So that kind of took a, took a, you know, it took a strike at our hearts for, for my family and I, and you know, how much I love the game. It was it was hard for me to decide that we came to the family decision, you know, that we should stop playing football and, you know, just try and focus all of our energy on baseball. Wow. And you overcame that, obviously, big time. And I'm guessing matured much more quicker than you would have thought and gave you a new outlook on life. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I still kind of roam around like, I mean, I, I have another life to live. I, I kind of live a little recklessly, but <laughs> I know it kind of changes a, an output on your life. You know, you're thankful for what you have and for your family and you, your support group that is always there for you, cheering you on, and is always there for you no matter what's going on for you. So I think in terms of that, I, I kind of really realize the important people in my life and, you know, who's really going to be there for you and is and such like that. So you got drafted by the hometown, your dream Oakland A's out of high school then, 35th round, but decided to go to Pepperdine instead. Was that a tough decision, or was it kind of a no-brainer since you had, you know, were a lower draft pick? 
Um, it was a little bit of a tough decision, but um, I mean, we kind of made my decision early that um, as a as my family and I, when that draft process was going around in high school, that I wasn't as mature and as ready as I thought I should be. And it was it was a hard thing to come. I mean, every kid grows up in high school, you know, dreaming about going going to the draft out of the high school, being the being the big shot going out of high school, you know, and playing pro ball. But um, you know, I think I'm happy with the decision I made and and going to college. I think that I learned so much at college, learned so much about myself and about my you know pitching ability and what I can what I can do. And um, you know, being a Pepperdine was a was a great chance for me to get my education from a a great touted school and um so i was very fortunate that and the meeting the people i did there and teammates and coaches you know i I have nothing no regrets at all from from making that decision now did you get to know i know that max valencia and rich amaral former mariner uh were royal scouts did you know them back in high school too you know so have you had that royals connection for a long time i guess is what i'm asking um i mean kind of i mean i knew max valencia a little bit and um in high school, just because he was the Royal Scout at the time in high school, um, and he was he was a Dale Sal guy too as well. So I talked to him a little bit, but other than that, I'm, I hadn't really talked to Royals since this last year. It was kind of I I just tried to keep my nose under the radar and you know try and do what I could to go out there and get wins for Pepperdine. And then um, fortunately enough, um, Emerald, uh, Rich Emerald was able to see me a couple times. Um, got to talk to him a couple times. Shoot, I mean. We had a good conversations as well since I was facing his son. His son was a freshman at UCLA this past year too, as well. So oh, okay. Had some good talks with him about his son as well. <laughs> Give him a little scouting report on the holes in the swing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. So, is, speaking of helping Pepperdine, West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year, All American, forty-five and two-thirds innings, scoreless streak, and uh, overall marks of nine and three, a one-two-seven. Uh, you know what clicked for you this year, and, and then at what point during that forty-five and two-thirds did you start realizing, man, this is kind of an historic streak? Um, I think just. Um, like I was going back to what I said earlier, just trying to focus on the little things and not make drastic jumps. Um, was fortunate enough that uh, our new pitching coach that was um, hired this year for Pepperdine, Rolando Garza, um, guy's done nothing but great work um, in his past and um, was very fortunate enough and very eager to, to meet him and you know just try and pick his brain as much as I can and listen to as much as I, as I could uh, this year. Um, he's, a, he's a great pitching coach. I'm looking forward to the great things he does with the, the pitching staff at Pepperdine for years to come. Um, but as far as um, just the whole scoreless inning streak, it was kind of funny. The guys at, uh, guys at school would kind of joke around with it. I think they knew about it a little bit more than myself. I mean, I knew about it a little bit. Um, I'm not kind of a huge superstition guy, so um, my uh, guys on the team would tell me about it, and I kind of looked at the, the whole streak and what was going on. So I wasn't kind of – trying to avoid it as much as I could, so I knew about it a little bit. But um, it was kind of funny. The guys on the team, when we had the break, um, I think it was, yeah, it was right after finals. We had a break from um, WCC play, and we kind of inter-squatted against ourselves, and that was still mid-streak. And um, the guys were joking around, saying, if we, if we score a run off you, do we get anything special? And uh, I was joking around with them when I had to. I had a three-inning stint when I pitched against the guys. I said, if you score a run off me, I'll take you guys all out to dinner. <laughs> so it, it seemed like they were trying a little bit harder to score off of me than maybe some other teams were with a little bit of motivation. But it was all with good fun. And um, it was it was just the, the whole streak itself was um, 
I guess it was a lot of fun to do. It was a lot of fun to be a part of, and hopefully I could have gone a little bit farther, but, you know, it was it was fun to do. Were they, like, dragging bunts and taking extra tough at-bats and trying to get in your head? No. <laughs> Professional at-bats oh, against yeah. you? they were doing anything they could. They were trying to look at me and smile during the at-bat, chitter-chatter <laughs> in the dugout, a hard-hit ball. They're screaming, get out ball. It was, it was all good stuff. It, it's the stuff like that that kind of builds a team together and makes us really close, which – yeah. I think we were we were very close to the team this year, which was was awesome to see. You mentioned not being superstitious very much. So if somebody, you know, someday you're going to be throwing a, a no hitter or something, when somebody starts yelling at you from the stands and oh, you've got a no hitter, don't think about it. That won't bother you. I mean, you'll be cool with that. No, I mean, I think superstitions in baseball. I mean, I I I believe they're there. I mean, I was, I used to be a firm believer in it, and I just I try to eliminate them as 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 quickly as possible, just because. I mean, I, I feel like I mean baseball is a mental game. Once you start thinking about those and they affect you, then it affects your game. So, I, I believe if someone will say it in the stands, I probably won't hear it. First of all, I mean, <laughs> I kind of I feel like I do a good job of tuning out everybody in the stands, except for my grandma. I don't know why I can't tune her out yet. I don't know why, but that woman, whenever she's in the stands, if she's yelling, I hear her name out of everyone. She could be a crowd of fifty thousand, and I'll probably hear my grandmother's name. But no, but it's all good fun <laughs> that's great so so grandma speaking of her so draft day was she around was the whole family around and what do you remember about that moment you got the call uh it was it was awesome it was it was a blessing uh in disguise even though i wish i could have kept playing in um in regional play that we lost in the conference tournament no matter how much i would have loved to, to play with the guys and keep going it was also nice to go home for draft day and be with home with close family and close friends um back at house uh, back at the home in Danville, so it was it was nice to have. Yes, Grandma was there, and um, but it was it was nothing but cheers and and joy for from everybody on on draft day there. I'm sure we've got a lot of new Royals fans in the Danville, California area, right? Oh yes, big yeah. wave coming. <laughs> That's good. So you know, getting to pro ball, then who are some of your you know obviously a lot of new teammates you've met, a lot of new faces. I'm sure it's, your head spins sometimes, but who are your best friends so far in the Royals organization? Um, I mean, there's a couple, um, a couple guys I knew already um, coming into the organization. Amalani um, Fuka Fuka, he's he's from the the, the Bay Area in, in Northern California. I played against him in high school a little bit too. Um, but a couple actually staying close with the West Coast guys. Um, I got a there's there's an Idaho Falls player. He's now with us now. David Edwards. He went to LMU. Mm-hmm. He's actually I wouldn't say he's one of my best friends, but we hang around a lot. We, we like I said earlier, we have those kind of old war stories of facing against each other so we have some good chats and um actually my roommate on the road and roommate most of the year scott blewett I okay mean, good dude so um hanging around him a lot but nothing but a great dude and always going out there trying to do what he can to help the team win yeah and huge upside from him too excited to see him up here moving mm-hmm. up with you guys as you move up next year well last uh, last few questions here before we let you go uh, a few fun movie questions since you know film major what's the best baseball okay, movie of all time if you had to pick one baseball movie of all time you can only pick one it'd have to be for the love of the game yes that's phenomenal huge billy chapel fan <laughs> clear the mechanism right <laughs> oh, of course every I, time you'll love this i met kevin costner one time when he was doing he has a country band called modern west that he travels around and does like shows with in front of like okay. 2000 people but i met him uh, backstage and the first thing i said was dude you have no idea how many times i've used that movie on a first date as a go to and he's like did it work and i'm like yep 
<laughs> you know, it's got the chick flick part of it too, so it's a good you know mix there. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Of of both. Okay, now give me an underrated movie of all time, a- any genre, just something that no one doesn't get any love that should. Doesn't get any love that should. Oh gosh, we're going deep in the archives here. Yeah, I, you got to give me a minute to think about that one. <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> Uh, oh, let's see. Underrated movie. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Elizabeth Town. You ever seen that Elizabeth movie? Town. With Orlando I Bloom. I think I have seen that movie. Yep. And Kristen Stewart, or not Kristen Stewart, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Uh-huh. No, that is a good one. Great soundtrack, too. Uh-huh. No, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Hans Zimmer soundtrack. This guy has done wonders. Yeah. With action movies as well as um, just in type of genres of what he does guys i think the guy's a genius yeah yeah absolutely okay well i'll make it easier on you give me just give me your three favorite movies the three must-see movies for our listeners right now okay three must-see movies oh man well (laughs) there's a load of questions i'm gonna have to say i'm gonna have to say one from a baseball movie gotta see the natural yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. must see um let me see as far as other ones let me see. Natural. Hmm. You sound like a film you know, major. I'm, I'm a pretty. I'm a. I'm a. <laughs> like a hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard just because I've seen so many movies. Yeah, I mean, it, being a film major it changes changes your perspective on watching movies. You know, you look for all the the bits and pieces of details. You know, which which parts are CGI, which parts are the actors. <laughs> You know what they're doing, what kind of storyline they're following. But I was always growing up. I was just always used to love watching those action movies. I mean, oh. I was always a Star Wars fan growing up too. So I would say, um, I mean, I loved watching the new Star Wars. So I would say Star Wars: Force Awakens. That was a good one. And then you know, if I wanted to throw it back, maybe a little bit. Uh, hmm, you know, me and my dad, and as a, as a kid, no, nah, I mean, I wouldn't say as a kid because it's probably not a good thing to say because it's. One of those movies you don't want to show your kids, but I always used to watch Roadhouse with my dad, <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yes, but, you know it's a little throwback right there. I'd, I was always a fan of Roadhouse. So, do you want to? Uh, is it directing what you were going for, or what was? What would you do with film? Producing. I was. I was actually being a production guy for when I had a couple projects. I was producing. I'd set up, you know, film locations. You know, getting the kind of the the paying side but i wouldn't really have the money back then you know f- setting up where you film you know who's in there um hiring actors or actresses wow um you know getting the camera sets light kits um who's gonna be the director of photography cinema whatever it may be so we is there a chance we'll see you take a camera along during one of your minor league seasons and do some sort of documentary maybe behind the scenes and document it is there any, a chance of that Oh, uh, maybe. I do have my GoPro on me. I take it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to throw in a request there for that. And uh, the one other movie uh, question. We might, we might see it one day. Yeah. And and I told you, to, you off the air, you got to watch Sugar. Have you have you got that in the Netflix queue yet, the baseball movie about the Dominican pitcher? It's based on the Royals organization. You must see Sugar. All righty. Must see Sugar. I'm going to look for it in Netflix after this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last uh, <laughs> last two questions for you. You know, besides movies, uh, you know, what do you do for fun away from the field? Like, if you have, you know, if you have a week off or a couple days off, what would you be doing? Ooh, if I had a week off, uh, I'd probably go fishing. 
Okay. Uh, huge fisherman. I, I love fishing. I grew up, um, you know, in Northern California, going to the Stockton River. I used to go fishing all the time on the river, catching catfish or bass or sturgeon. My dad all the time. Um, and you know, just it's it just seems calming. I, you know, you're going out there on the lake or river, or ocean, or wherever it may be, and you're just out there just relaxing. You know, kicking back with the guys. You know, enjoying a drink or two and just going out there and catching some fish. All right, and the very last question is, what would you like to say uh, to Royals fans listening right now? Uh, to Royals fans listening right now, I'd, I'd say go Royals. Um, <laughs> you know, we're getting close. I know we just had a rough patch against the Tigers, but we can still do it, get that wild card spot. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, man. And, uh, you know, it was, yeah. it was enjoyable talking with you, and I'm, I look very, very forward to watching you the next couple of years as you move towards Kansas City. Hopefully we'll see you up here in the next, you know, I don't know, two years or so. And, uh, you know, keep working hard. We're all pulling for you, and uh, hopefully we can check in with you at some point next summer. Well, will do. Thank you so much. All right, take care, man. Thanks a lot. All right, you too. Bye-bye.